0: Hello and welcome to Better Construction with Sean McStay, the podcast where we discuss design and construction techniques, products, and details that lead to a better built environment. All right, everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Better Construction. This week I am pleased to have with me Aaron Jones. Aaron is with Big Dog Construction. Is quite active on social media and is a builder here in canada so aaron welcome to the show thanks sean so uh for the people who maybe aren't familiar with you uh, online uh, maybe do a quick intro about yourself um aaron jones i've uh, been in the
1: construction trade specifically a carpenter full-time since about 1999 prior to that um i spent some time in the canadian armed forces and uh the last Oh, just about a decade. I've been uh, lead carpenter, site supervisor for Big Dog Construction. The
0: last, oh, six years, we've been on Graham and Ann full-time. Very nice. So how did you get into construction? You said you kind of started off in the military. Were you doing construction-type uh, stuff in the military, engineering corps, or anything like that, or how did the construction come about? Well, I was always
1: interested in construction, and I always... You know, sort of dabbled in it. Um, originally, I uh, I was in the infantry, first in the reserves, and then later with uh, the Princess Patricia's uh, Canadian Light Infantry. And oh, uh, ninety nine, I uh, changed trades to what they called a uh, construction tech at the time. So, uh, and I spent a couple years uh, as a construction tech in the military, which is. Uh, a carpenter with some other stuff thrown in, some st- other stuff added on. So a little bit of surveying, a few other things. They all kind of combine together into one trade. So
0: very so, cool. So uh with Big Dog Construction, how did uh, you kind of find them, and and what's you said a little bit about what you do there? But what does Big Dog do? um Well, actually, Big Dog has downsized a little bit in
1: the last uh four or five years um basically big dog construction was residential sort of light medium commercial and for some people that aren't clear probably i should specify that Manan is an island uh it's in the middle of the bay of fundy so but when we were on the mainland we would uh you know we might be part of like a tilt-up project one week and uh you know a couple weeks later we'd be you know, building a house, uh, frame-to-finish type of thing. And uh, But on the island, we've downsized our crew, and uh, although we have done a couple of, well, I should specify that uh, the reason we ended up on the island was a commercial job. Uh, mm. We had the framing contract for a the nursing home that was built here, uh, I guess, just about six years ago now. Ended up staying on, taking the siding contract on as well. and. Well, next thing you know, you've bought a house and uh, (laughs) you live on an island now. Well,
0: I haven't been to Grand Manan at all, but I have been to that area of Canada a few times and it's quite beautiful. So I could see how uh, once you got there, you wouldn't probably want to leave, uh, except maybe in the winter occasionally. But uh, for most of the rest of the year, it's uh, pretty great. Um, What's your guys' plans going forward? Staying on the island, still building um, residential primarily? Uh, the island is full time. Um, we're mostly residential. Uh, this year has been
1: a strange year. Uh, we didn't uh, we didn't get any new builds this past year, but uh, a lot of that had to do with uh, some of our clientele is from the states, uh, vacation homes and whatnot. And uh, with the borders closed, that that changed some additions, some new construction we had sort of or hope to do, anyways. Yeah, right now we're on a. Putting the finishing touches on a restoration project that was uh, a house that had a, a fire and uh, sort of almost a complete gut. And uh, tried to do some energy retrofits there as well, bring a few things up to code.
0: And so, what, uh, what kind of adaptions have you had to make for building in that environment? Obviously, materials are a little bit harder to get, and you guys get some pretty serious weather for people from that aren't familiar with that area. Um, how, have you, how have you found the kind of adapting to that
1: materials? Is uh, you got to plan ahead. Uh, you know the the local home hardware uh, is fairly decent as far as you know what you can purchase for an island this size. Um, you know, there's definitely larger communities that that have less. Uh, the only difference is they can hop in their truck and drive for an hour and go to Home Depot or. Uh, you know something like that. Uh, so order ahead, order ahead, and uh, worst case scenario, you actually have to send somebody away. So they, you know, get in a vehicle, get on a ferry for an hour and a half, drive for at least forty-five minutes to some sort of center, and then return trip. So it pretty much ruins a day if you if you don't plan ahead. As far as weather. Um, Yeah, uh, I've been fortunate enough to work in numerous places across Canada. And this place has, I like to joke and say, Grand has two seasons. We We have summer and we have windy. Right now, we're in the windy season. Tuesday, we saw gusts in excess of 114 kilometers an hour. And we'll see that probably again a couple more times before we hit spring. There's been a couple other significant weather events. Usually good for three or four good northeast storms every winter. Anyways,
0: wow! And how's uh, so? I mean, I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with the planning then, because you know, if you're if you've got building seasons and you're you're planning around that summertime, um, how's that kind of coordinate with when you do your framing, when you do your uh, finish work inside? Is it pretty seasonal?
1: I try to plan it that way now. Uh, it doesn't always work out, um, you know. 15 years ago, I I wouldn't have cared. But, <laughs> but if we can, you know, come, you know, Christmas, mid-January, if we can schedule it so we're more indoors, that's that's ideal. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just have to pick your days. Two years ago, we were doing a small cottage, and that was uh, four or five days before we could fly trusses. Just There just wasn't a day where it was actually safe to fly them you know and sometimes we have to do things change things up if we're framing uh, a lot of times we can't sheet the walls when they're laying down uh, it's just you know you got some weather coming so you know you sort of pick your battles either you don't stand any walls or you sheet them afterwards so okay
0: and so what are some of the biggest changes you've noticed, uh, since you started in construction? Cause obviously there's lots of new codes, lots of new ideas, uh, for how we put these buildings together. But have you noticed anything that's been really impactful to your kind of day to day?
1: Our labor shortage. That's a, yeah. that's, that's starting to get, uh, you know, more and more prevalent. And I think just about everybody across the board will say that probably new Brunswick is kind of a funny province, uh, they just recently adopted the 2015 code, so where we've been part of Atlantic Home Warranty for, I don't know, a long time. We're usually, you know, a sort of a step ahead of where the province is actually what the province is actually enforcing, and a lot of our customers were were pretty fortunate that uh, they're looking to make some improvements as far as energy efficiency and, and whatnot, uh, maybe. Not passive house or anything like that, but, you know, somewhere between code and pretty good house. Okay. If, you know, uh, sometimes we're closer to pretty good house, but we did a unique project on Whitehead Island, which is another island off of Grand Manan. And uh, we had some wins there as far as energy efficiency. We managed to put R40 underneath the slab. Uh So... That was nice. Uh, basically, they they lose nothing to the ground from the in-floor heat there. I didn't get the wall assembly I wanted, but I did get R seventy in the attic. So,
0: Yeah, well, that's pretty solid. I mean, it's uh, sometimes it's that's what it takes, right? You got to do those small steps each project a little bit more. Somebody hears about somebody else's house being really comfortable, and then it kind of uh, goes from there. Um, jumping back to what you were saying about the labor shortage I know that apprenticeship and supporting apprenticeship is a big thing for you what do you think is missing when it comes to that in the industry right now why why are people not looking at construction as a career
1: well I'm actually hoping that this pandemic is is going to change that a little bit because we're essential <laughs> true that is true <laughs> so uh, you know it, it in i mean it obviously has impacted our lives in many ways but for the most part, if you're in construction, you still can go to work every day. But you have to engage people. I For, for lack of a better way to put it, um, you know, when I was a young man, you just went out and you went to work. It really didn't matter what you went to work at. You just went out and you went to work. And then somewhere along the way, you you found something you were interested in. I think priorities have changed and people want to be engaged and they want to work at something that they... They think they're going to enjoy and just, if they're not sure, they don't want to waste their time finding out. Uh, mm. I could be wrong on that, but I do know they want to be engaged. They want to be a part of something. And uh, for the most part, uh, it doesn't take very long. And you you can tell the apprentices that are truly there because they want to be there and they want to learn something. Now, once you find that person, if you don't teach them something, they're not going to stay either. So. It's. I don't know if I've even answered your question, Sean.
0: Well, it's a tough one to answer. I mean, I think if you had a straight, easy uh, A to B answer for that, you'd uh, we, we wouldn't have this problem. I know I've talked to a lot of different builders that uh, you know labor shortages is is a big concern. Getting people into you know construction industry as a whole, into all of the different trades, um, you know, making that kind of an attractive career destination for a lot of people. Um, I think is is a challenge that the whole industry is facing. Um, do you think that as we start to shift more towards um, kind of higher performance and then maybe eventually even partially uh, pre-manufactured components for homes, do you think that's going to help to kind of broaden the interest base?
1: I I hope it will. Uh, I, I, I think it will.
0: Um, but
1: ultimately, um, every year you have to be a little smarter about how you built them You have to be more conscious of the outcome of your decisions. Um, and houses are getting tighter. Houses are getting smarter. The details, even just a residential plan for not even passive house, but something that's going to have like a, a good rain screen detail and be you know airtight. You put a blower door test on it, and it's going to be in you know 1.5, 1.6. There's there's some attention to detail there and uh you know it's construction is not for dummies and we've got to get that point across that you know you have to have a brain in your head if you want to be part of it hopefully that will help draw some people in
0: yeah i agree i think it's uh, it's important that we, we we let people know that all the different parts of the construction industry there's such a good career path and it's in. And- we need people not just standing in a hole, getting rained on, hammering things, which is yeah. part of construction, but we need people who are able to engineer things. We need people who are, you know, eventually able to code things, you know, some of these uh, pre manufacture components like I was talking about. I think that's, that's really important. Um, speaking of the kind of engagement side of things, I'm very curious to hear from you about Instagram. Um, what made you get on to Instagram? Because I mean, you have, you have like thir- almost 13,000 followers. Like for people listening, that's about four times the population of the island that you live on. So, <laughs> what made you get into that? And and where do you think that your kind of success there has come from? Um, actually, it, uh,
1: uh an apprentice that, uh, is no longer with us, he's actually, uh, gone on to his Red Seal now actually uh, has his own construction company. He, uh, sort of reintroduced me to Instagram. Um, I don't know what year I actually looked at it, but it was like, well, it just seemed like another version of Facebook, but I didn't understand it. Hmm. Then along the way, we had a couple more apprentices that uh, came to work for us that, and neither of them, unfortunately, neither of them are with us now. Uh, They both moved on for various other reasons. Uh, Island life is not for everybody, but they sort of pushed me to put some of this you know, out there that other people would be interested. And uh, I really started it honestly as a joke Uh, because I, I didn't think that anybody, you know, would be that interested in what I had to say in short order. It became apparent that there was actually quite a few people that were interested in what I had to say. And there's other people out there on social media who, you know, have chimed in and helped out and, uh, you know, made suggestions that I otherwise wouldn't have gone down that avenue without somebody saying, Hey, you know, that's a really great idea. You should share that with this person. And, you know, it's actually just a really great platform for the building community in general.
0: Yeah, I agree. Any uh, kind of interesting connections or stories that you've made because of that? Yeah. I put a post
1: on Instagram. Um, It had to do with uh, how I solved this problem for adding cedar shingles after a deck was attached to a house that we had moved. And uh, Mike Guthrin reached out to me and he said, you need to submit this to Fine Home Builders. You need to submit this to their tips and techniques page. I was like, well, okay. You You know, I've I've read the magazine for years and you know, read the tips, I just didn't think I guess I was worthy of being on one of those pages or however you want to put it and uh anyways, uh now I think I have three tips that have been published by the magazine. So, you know, without that little shove, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone down that road. So, sometimes we all just need a little shove, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's a really cool story. Um, As I get towards the end of these podcasts, I typically ask two questions. Uh, And so the first one is kind of a fun one because you get a bit of a magic wand. Uh, But if you could remove any one misconception about better construction, uh, which one would it be for you? Um, The cost. You know, to take something that's, you know, built to
1: just barely code or to build something that is much more energy efficient is it's not a hundred times more. It's not 50 times more. Sometimes it's only 10% more. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be more, but it's not this astronomical figure that some people thinks, think it is.
0: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Uh, and then the last question is always for me. It's a personal interest question. I read and collect a lot of books. And so if you were to recommend a book right now, personal or professional, uh, which one would it be for you?
1: Um, well, professionally right now, I'm uh in the middle of my Builder's Guide to Cold Climates. This was actually hard to get a copy of in Canada. Um, maybe you've got a connection. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a good book. I've heard other people talk about it. I actually haven't made it through it yet, but uh, it's definitely an interesting book.
1: Yeah, that's professionally. On a personal side, I've, so I believe Davin actually lives out in your neck of the wood and just as a definitive guide to Canadian whiskey. For those people who know me really well, there's, uh, you know, not every day, obviously, but Friday night, I usually enjoy a nice single malt or a rye or something like that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good Canadian whiskeys out there.
0: Cool. Good. Well, good to have a diversity of interests for sure. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Uh, For everyone listening and watching, I'll put links in the description down below to Aaron on Instagram so you can follow along and learn some of these tips. And uh, with that, I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you very much, Sean.
0: All right. Thanks guys for listening to this week's episode of Better Construction. I really appreciate you taking the time to do so. If you have any questions for myself or the guest, you feel free to reach out on social media or on the website at uh, www.betterconstructionmedia.com. And with that, we'll talk again next time.